1: It's 1730 GMT. This is our witness news on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umarusanda Amadu. Tonight I'm here with
2: Nashika Caesar.
1: And coming up over the next 90 minutes.
2: It does
3: appear that they were given free access to different parts of the that establishment in order to shoot their video. You see, which is probably the worst part of uh, any security breach. <laughs>
1: American rapper Mick Mill's music video shot in the heart of Ghana's presidential palace causes public outrage with demands for heads to roll over what has been described as a national security breach. Also, Kamina, private legal practitioner Martin Pebu leads hundreds of Ghanaians to bring a class action against government over a decision to include individual bondholders in the debt exchange program. And later on Eyewitness News, one person shot dead at Boma in the Ahafo region over a chieftaincy dispute. Stay with 97.3 CTFM for more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. There's also business and the latest headline will be...
2: Economist Dr. Patrick is calls on government to fast-track the debt exchange program as any delays could be detrimental to the economy.
1: That's in 50 minutes from the business desk of ctfm and cdtv eyewitness news is live across ghana on a number of affiliate stations if you go to the upper west region we are on tumpani radio 88.5 fm in the speaker's hometown of nadoli we are also in jirapa on 96.1 fm if you go to the upper east region rikas 92.1 fm in bongo namu is bringing you this broadcast in the northern region we are north star radio 92.1 fm in Tamale, in the northeast region, we are on Nobia 98.1 FM in Nalirugu. In western region, on Beach 105.5 FM in Takradi and Skypire 93.5 FM also in Takradi. In the Ashanti region, we are on Focus 94.3 FM on the campus of the KNUST in Kumasi and Orange 107.9 FM also in Kumasi. And in the Volta region, on Sela Radio 97.1 FM in Dabala and Holy 98.5 FM. In Aplau. Do send us your reactions to the stories we are bringing you tonight. On WhatsApp, the number to send your message to is 0549-986-996. 0549-986-996. You can send tweets using the hashtag City Newsroom. Alternatively, go on Facebook. There's a live Facebook feed and uh, we are bringing you the broadcast. there. You drop your comments on the comment section of City FM's Facebook page. Let's settle for details of our stories now. And today has been controversy after controversy. And this has to do with a music video that has gone viral. In that video, American rapper Mick Mill was seen singing, not just singing, but singing in the heart of the Jubilee House. Listen to this. so that's a video that's viral it's a 47 second video that is um showing mcmill uh, in shorts and sneakers in a white t-shirt flanked by his friends and uh, other supporters in the jubilee house in front of the building and inside where the president meets guests and he was singing on the Lenten that is usually used by other persons visiting the Jubilee House and that has really shown uh, the conversation wider when many people saying that the rapper was uh, using the same podium that the president uses. Samia Yafi is our correspondent at the presidency. Samia, welcome to Iredness News. Thank you very much, Sandra. So I've explained that the video, um it's shown during the day and during the night we do know that the president hosts dignitaries what usually happens and in this particular instance what is your understanding of what has what transpired
4: okay thank you very much sander um normally before you you visit the jubilee house uh, you first of all write to the office of the president announcing uh, the dates you want to visit and the purpose of your visit that should be in writing or through an email and then the the president's office will normally respond to your letter or email um detailing his availability at the day, at the time you stated in your letter whether he is around or he's available to meet you on that particular day or not and then the president also give a, a propose a date um which maybe he feels that the day that you are proposing may not work for him but then this particular date may work for him so If you also want to agree to meet him on the proposed date that he has come out with, then there's an agreement and you can come on that day and time that you've been given uh, by the president or the office to come and meet the president. So that's the, the, the normal protocol. And so before you get to the Jubilee House, there are three checkpoints. So there is one at the main entrance of the checkpoint, which is normally manned by both military and police personnel.
1: So that's the junction towards Kanda, if you were the ju- to branch yeah, from yes. Tugere. From to Kanda me. So only those who are going to Jubilee would go through we that use, We use that
4: route. Okay. So you are first of all ask the purpose of your visit at the, at, the, at the Jubilee House. Where if you have any letter or any appointment letter, you are shown or you show it to these security personnel there, and then they give you the clearance to go in. Right after that, you meet another checkpoint, which is normally around the car park or the clinic. You know, there's a clinic at the Jubilee House Mm -hmm. where um, emergency situations, they come in to to help the situation. Within that clinic, there's another reception there. So you go through that particular reception, you are asked a few questions, and then the person you are going to look for, that person will be called. uh, That, you know, this particular person is here to meet you. Do you have any appointment with the person, even though you normally have a letter or anything to show, but then they, they, they call that particular office to find out if indeed uh, the individual coming has an appointment with you, or you have given him or her the clearance to to come and see you. Now, when that is done, and the person is given yes clearance that indeed you've asked this person to come and see you, you are directed to another reception, which normally they call it the inner reception. So, at the inner reception. That's the final the final reception, so you go in to see whatever you, you want to go and see. So when you get there, by the time you get there, your details have been taken already by the inner reception. And so you go in there to go and confirm that you are this particular individual who is coming to see uh, whoever you are coming to, whether the president, chief of staff, or the vice president. Now, at that particular um, uh, reception or the security checkpoint, your phone is taken from you Any recording gadget or recording device is also taken from you at that particular uh, security checkpoint. You are given a number, a number or a tag that corresponds with the, the tag you are given for your phone. So they take your phone and then you are given that particular tag or the recording device you are given that tag. So from that particular checkpoint, you are taken to a waiting area. Depending on who you are going to look for, if you're going to look for the president, there's a president's waiting area. If you're going to look for the chief of staff, there's a chief of staff waiting area. If you're going to see the vice president, the vice president waiting area. Now, when you get to that particular waiting area, there's another reception there. Now they call the particular office you are going. So, when they are going to the president's office, now you they call the president's office and tell that this particular individual is here. He or she says he has a, he or she has an appointment with the president at this particular time so you are asked to sit at that particular waiting area waiting so the office of the president will call that particular reception and say okay let this individual come the president is ready and willing to meet that person when you go to the president office there's another waiting area at the president's secretariat where you sit there for a while for another clearance to go and see the president so if you are giving that green light you go and wait for the president at his conference room depending on the particular meeting you want to have with the president if it's private a private meeting you are made to go and go to his office straight but if it's more or less a, a general meeting with a number of people you go and wait at the president's conference room at that particular stage you go through all the security protocols your phone is taken from you, or recording device, you are scanned, you are checked before you can go to the final phase which is the president office to go and have this particular meeting you want to have with the president. Mm. And when you are done, you go through the same process, your phone is given back to you at the inner reception, you go to your car park, sit in your car, and then and you it, move out of the... Out so it's the very jail.
1: elaborate and the security is very detailed, which means that no one can slip through a mobile gadget or any recording. Not band. at all. But there are exceptions where people are giving clearance to go in there with that because the video we saw appears and people who are experts say that there was even a drone shot in there. We do know that the Jubilee House is a security zone and around that enclave and the berma camp enclave you can't even fly a drone. So for us to see a video footage, that indeed is a video footage and also even the video that we saw, it means that there could have been some level of clearance. Otherwise it cannot happen.
4: I've, I've seen the video. I've watched the 40, 46 seconds mm. uh, full video. You realize that this gentleman was within the premises of the jubilee house because i've seen a part of the video where he was even at the banquet hall mm-hmm. of the jubilee in the you know there's a place we call the banquet hall where you know when the president has large gathering the swaying of judges training of ministers that's a particular hall they use so i see in the video that this gentleman was at the banquet hall where there was the there is the coat of arm, um, he mm-hmm. pointing at the at the coat of arm. Um, uh, at a point, there's this part of the video that he was standing behind a podium uh, that has the presidency. That that particular podium is not the podium the president used. That is more or less like the public podium in court. So when president has meeting with. Um, civil society groups or any group of people who are coming to meet the president and there's a large gathering. Those are or that is the podium those people use to address the the media, the or the press corps who who normally come and cover this particular event. So I, I I see him standing behind that that podium in the video, and he's within the 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 walkway in the, in the video. I see the him corridor. also the corridor, the walkway of 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 the Jubilee House. Um, I I saw that video as well, and then there the 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 how Front, do the, frontage the
1: frontage of the main of the, ju- of the main building the jubilee house so the side that faces
4: cries the king that cries the king that uh, the ceremonial gate that mm-hmm. gate is not always open it's, mm-hmm. it's open for particular people when other dignities are are coming in to see their president so I see short of that particular and for now Sana, I am only un- unable to confirm as to how um that particular video how it was shot. Whether it was a mobile phone video or a, a normal camera video, who gave him access to use uh, a phone within these places I've mentioned, for now I'm unable to say. I understand that there's going to be a meeting tomorrow where uh, these things are going to be reviewed and decisions uh, will be taken with the gas list.
1: So for now, there's not been any action. Jubilee House has not issued a statement, no response officially. But we've also, seen, we have seen, uh, presential, um, not presential, but party members who are on social media. Put up lots of defences, including the fact that uh, the the podium or lengthening that was used is not the one that the president uses and so on. So there are various defences coming up, but we don't have an official defense. Official
4: communication is not in there. I'm told uh, tomorrow there's going to be a meeting where a decision will be taken on this particular matter.
1: Very well. Thank you so much. Uh, That's Sami Yafi. He's our correspondent at the presidency. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Now, the action has been described as a security breach. There are even calls for heads to roll regards to Kokwa Nyudoho. When we come back, we'll hear about that and um, a few other people who understand the workings of the Jubilee House and why what happened happened.
0: Eyewitness News Be there as it happens.
4: Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3 Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973 and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973
5: with the hashtag Eyewitness News.
1: Welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. The story we are looking at tonight is that uh, video that was shot in the Jubilee house by American rapper McMill, which has got tongues wagging and outrage on social media from Ghanaians. There are reactions to this particular development. Nashika, she can tell us more.
2: A security analyst, Colonel Festus Abwaji, retired, has called on the head of the security detail at the presidency to render an apology for allowing the shooting of a music video at the Jubilee House by American rapper Mick Mill. Speaking on the City Breakfast Show, security analysts said the presidency shouldn't be used for such purposes.
3: The president should spend his time very usefully in order to resolve the serious challenges that we have been to meet um, artists like uh, this, this gentleman who went there with his group. The lyrics itself is like standing in a church house to shoot a video and then using whatever we call it in a you know,
6: vulgar language. Vulgar language, yes. So even
3: if, if he was going to talk about even African Union, Pan-Africanism, and those kinds of issues connected with the African, you know, image or African persona. That would have been all right. But the kind of lyric, the thing that he chose for the for the video doesn't sit well at all. With, with Jubilee House. Artists cannot even come to where I am, my own house, to come and do <laughs> that kind of stuff. I will not allow it. In this country, given the nature of our politics, we don't accept. Blame and responsibility. When we have done something wrong, there's part of our nature, especially the political elite, who don't know how to say we are sorry or I'm sorry. This one such case where whoever is responsible, including the security chiefs and so on, who granted the access. You see what I mean? Yes. Should come out and apologize. One that there have been security breaches.
2: He also described as a breach of security the music video of the American rapper McMill shot at the presidency.
3: For whatever reason, that I may not agree with, that we have cheapened our politics to the extent that anybody who is nobody comes to Ghana and they want to call on the president. I do not understand the nature and the status of that group to the extent that they qualified to call on the president for whatever reason. It does appear that they were given free access to different parts of the that establishment mm. in order to shoot their video. You see, which is probably the worst part of uh, any security breach. The assumption that these are innocent, you know, artists coming to visit the press—that is where the security breach starts from. Okay. Because the recording devices, I assume, the cameras and so on that they came with
1: could have all
3: manner of, uh, you know, chips and so on embedded in them. But even if they are not our enemy, who says that friendly nations don't spy on friendly nations? So these guys could be there to gather all manner of uh, intelligence, even to, to have, you know, the architecture of the Flagstaff House itself. It's a security breach. But my worry is that we are keeping our politics. I can only imagine the kind of ridicule that this video is going to generate even back in America. Because the fact it means that he could not have, and no artist could have shot that video at the White House.
2: That was a security analyst, retired Kennel Festus Abwaji. Though the Jubilee House is yet to comment on the matter, ranking member on the Foreign Affairs Committee, Samuel Okujetua Blackwell, says this is unacceptable.
7: The
8: keys to everywhere. Hmm? What does that say about the mindset of the people at the Jubilee House? We are welcoming, we are all embracing.
6: We want people from diaspora to come in. I mean, that is our culture. That is who we
8: are as a people. We are loving. To the contrary, what you are telling the world, hmm? is that any ex-convict who comes around and says that I've raised $100 million. We saw the video, you know, and the president said he's uh, thankful to his daughter for facilitating the meeting with him. It shows a certain, you know, Lack of confidence in ourselves. It shows a certain mental slavery. Mm-hmm. The Ghanian artists, more celebrated than this chap, would never... We are all here. We've been here for many years. Have you ever seen Sarko or Shatawali or Stoneboy, any of them, those A-rated, more celebrated artists, more decent ones, with no criminal record, have you ever seen them have such access? It tells you something about their mindset. Anybody who is foreigner, who can claim to have some money, mm-hmm. and who is coming from the United States of America, in particular, can do whatever he wants. And um, uh, you see, why, what, what we are also promoting mm, this whole return to the motherland and all of that. Mm-hmm. At the heart of it is a certain Pan-Africanism, a certain proud black nature that we should be black and proud. We are a dignified people. We have rights. We are people who respect ourselves, who should not have been looked down upon, who should not be discriminated against. This episode defeats all of
6: that. You are calling for, I mean, Heirs to roll name significantly which people do you think should be sacked from the Jubilee house and where do we start from
8: so first of all I expect the presidency to issue a statement apologizing to the Ghanaian people for bringing such monumental shame upon the country this is an international embarrassment they owe us an apology the way they have cheapened the presidency and desecrated the presidency. It also reflects on us. It's an insult to us. They owe the Ghanaian people an apology. Then they must fire. They must sack. Sanctions must be meted out against those in charge of security. There's always a clearinghouse. There is always somebody in charge who gives the final authorization who opens the doors who is in charge of security all of those people in the chain of command who have brought this monumental disgrace upon our country must be shown the exit and if it doesn't happen uh, obviously they can choose to communicate to the ghanaian people or not and obviously nothing happens i can assure you that this is not a matter that we in the opposition will just raise and you know and then it dies with the uh turn of a new day that's not going to happen we are going to pursue this matter vigorously we will continue to demand answers as a house with constitutional mandate of oversight we will pursue this matter and insist that sanctions do apply remedial action is taken because as i told you earlier what they are doing is not just desecration it's not just embarrassing our country but it's also posing a security risk to even successive we believe we are coming back to power the next president inshallah god willing president john Dramani Mahama we'll be working from that place with all of this drone footage and you know unfettered access coverage some crew we don't know who they were you know having all this all over the place it gets into the hands of our enemies and what that means for the peace and stability of our country so we also have a vested interest hmm, to protect the stability of this country and this is a major security breach, and that is why we in the NDC caucus in parliament are going to be pursuing this matter to its logical conclusion. So I can assure you that it's not just a matter that we are raising now and we'll just uh, let it slide. We will insist that actions are taken.
2: That was a ranking member on the Foreign Affairs Committee of Parliament, Samuel Okujetu Ablakwa.
1: Frimpong sends a message from Sunyani and he says, Hakufadu has shown how insensitive he can be to the good people of Ghana. Anyway, how much of appearance fee was paid by McMill for this video? Indeed, the king is fully naked. Abdul Hafiz in Sunyani as well says, It's high time the president's um, daughter, Jankruma, is taking through rigorous security protocols at the seat of government. She's is um, becoming... Let me not leave, finish that up. Aka Paul Jr. in our meme says, whoever advised the presidency to allow McMill to record in that place has done a great disservice to the government. I can't fathom why they should bring such a dignified place into disrepute. Mante says, if the seat of government could be this callous, then we cannot be saved as a people. Very pathetic. Our sovereignty has been reduced to this level. Dramani from Koforidoa says, please, this McMill issue is like bringing your friends to play gambling in your parents' bedroom, which is illegal and also disrespectful. Matt from Clefe in the Volta region says, "Um, our seat of government has become children's park. Yahweh, have mercy on us. Zylis Dwayne in London says, for me, I don't blame McMill, but the authorities who allowed him and its egregious he says do send your message 205 986 let's understand the workings of the jubilee house from people who have experience in running the seat of government you do know that uh, no president in recent times has occupied that office until john dramani mahama became president he moved in there after the newly renovated jubilee house and so uh, in the past since the fourth republic has been the Castle, at Osu that has been housing our president. So Rollins was there, Kufa was there, Atamelos was there. Under John Mahama, he moved in there, and one of his deputy chiefs of staff was Alex Segbefia. He later occupied several other positions, but he was deputy chief of staff in the Mahama government at the Jubilee House. He's joined us on the line, Mr. Segbefia. Welcome to our witness News.
9: Thank you very much. Good evening, and good evening to your listeners.
1: We called you up because we believe that as chief of staff, you ran the presidency both the infrastructure side of things and also the human personnel how do presidencies handle visits to the jubilee house i believe you have some experience to share with us how these things are done so that we can discuss specifically what happened now and the reactions from people
9: i think your um jubilee house correspondent actually did a very good job of explaining um the protocols that one goes through and the security checkpoints and everything that exists there. Um, and so clearly, uh, before you actually see the president or for that matter, anybody in the Jubilee House, there are certain processes and procedures, uh, the last being that your phones and all recording devices or anything that looks like a recording is taken off, you, you're scanned through as well. There are, uh, people go, uh, you're, you're scanned before you can actually get through just in case you have any other uh, recording devices, so um, it's clear that for you to actually do what has happened with a forty-seven, forty-eight second, uh, forty-seven, forty-eight uh, second video, um, it was authorized. Uh, I can see that it wasn't. It wasn't uh, an action that was not authorized. It was authorized, um, and it's been authorized at quite a high level, um, and that is where it stops. So, as far as I'm concerned. Authority was given for this video to be shot.
1: So there's no way it could have been done on the blind side of anybody. And if you say the authorization would have to come high uh, from a high office, how high up does it have to go to get the clearance to do what happened?
9: Uh, at the security end, uh, and obviously at the people who deal with security at the presidency, um, because uh, you just can't, it's, it's just not possible to to go into, you can't even enter into rooms without being questioned, what what are you going to do in that room? You go to, you're escorted to where you have to go, and you're escorted back out. So um, the only time you would necessarily be on your own if you're going to the washroom or something of that nature, um, you're in the waiting room, you go and see who you have to see, you come back down, you're escorted out, or you walk out. Um, so it's it's not something that you can do, considering the space and the time and where he was that was not done with authority this was clearly an authorized video and then it begs the question whether or not they should have been allowed or
1: not i see do you think it should have been allowed if you were in charge would you have allowed it
9: definitely not um you 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 have to look at a lot of factors before you can even consider whether this should be done and all of the factors go against the videotape of this nature uh, being done. I have no problem with people trying to see the president or visiting the president, especially since we are championing uh, the homecoming, etc. And I think that uh, meeting people or p- people visiting the president is, is fine, it's laudable, uh, and encourages people who then come to Ghana and invest. Shooting a video of a music nature, a musical video, it's a different matter altogether in the heart or the seat of government. And I dare say that it's, uh, for me, it's unacceptable. It shouldn't have been done. Um, it shouldn't have been allowed. And uh, for whatever reasons, it shouldn't have taken place. Uh, it's, uh, the security gentleman made uh, um, a very good point because um, the lyrics also create a problem. Um, and with rappers, uh, the serial man of things, uh, he can even change his lyrics when, when, when he's on your premises. So you have to be, uh, extra careful and cautious when you want to even allow such a, but I wouldn't, I, I don't think you should have been allowed at all. Going to see the president, going to Jubilee house. Something. I mean, I heard him saying that it's not acceptable. Even that, yes, that can be argued, but I would say that, no, that is of itself not a problem um i don't have a problem with it per se i think that anything that will encourage uh people to come uh, and and see where the president or the president that is fine but there's also the other factor of the timing and when Ghanaians are going through what they are going through at the moment it's almost as if the government of the day haven't come to terms with the reality of the situation they are in Allowing the president to even go for the concerts and then go and be booed was already a problem. And that involved foreign artists as well. So before you did this, you should have had the experience of that coming through. And therefore, the security should have known that in the current climate in Ghana, when people are looking at government to show examples of certain things and show that they are empathizing with us this would not be acceptable in any shape form or fashion even in the best form even if we were in good times it wouldn't be acceptable how much more now so i'm not surprised at the backlash
1: under what circumstances would you reject you know a proposal to have someone visit the jubilee house can anybody and everybody visit the president and can no. they make such requests and under what conditions can you say no to a person considering that the president is championing this uh return agenda beyond the return agenda clearly he should not be the one to be seen to be sacking quote unquote an international artist no
9: i mean you can meet him but there are, there are meeting rooms in the jubilee house and he the president meets all sorts of people um, individuals societies, chiefs, different walks of life, all go to the Jubilee house. And there are official photographers who take photographs there and people have given access to it. So it's just not, he meets the press, you know, he meets the press as well. So it's, and he meets them at Jubilee house. So meeting people is not the issue. The issue is where they are met and who, and at what level they are met. So if the president is going to meet uh, people, I have no problem with it as I've said. And it is his judgment call as to who he meets or who he doesn't. Um, le- let me put it this way. Muhammad Ali, had he been alive, he still rest in peace, came and he said he wants to meet the president. You wouldn't necessarily say because he was an ex-convict, because he was jailed for not going to war, but he was on a different level. You would still allow him to meet the president. The question is, is this rapper big enough to warrant the meeting with the president? I don't know. I don't, I don't know much about him. I don't know him as an individual and I don't listen to his music. So it would be wrong for me to prejudge him or pre-assess whether at his level he can meet the president or not. But I think you have to assess each and every person on his credentials and who he is before you give access to the president of Ghana. Notwithstanding that he's actually promoting. If he had met a number of them in terms of 8, 5, 10 artists had come and they were all going to be performing. And therefore they came together to meet with him. That is different. To meet somebody on an individual basis and then give him access to video um, in Jubilee House, um, the security guy made it clear. I mean, you wouldn't do this in the White House. Buckingham Palace is, is where the Queen is or the King is now. Um, there's a section of which is open to the public, and people are allowed to visit it and go in at certain points in the year. And when you go in at certain points, you can take photographs. But there are sections that you cannot go into. And where she meets official people, you don't go there. The offices, you don't go there. The residential part, you don't go there. And so certain areas are not designated for visiting. We don't have that structure here in terms of uh, the size and the distance. But we know where you can go and what, where you cannot. And you are escorted and you never videotape. You don't even take photographs when you're in there. So for this to happen, it was authorized. And the question is on what basis and at what level, why was it done? That's all. And there may be good reasons, so we wait to
1: hear. Let's leave it here. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you so much. That's Have a, a good evening. You too. Alex Segbefia was a deputy chief of staff at uh, the presidency when John Dramani Mahama was the president. So let me say that uh, we made frantic efforts to hear from the government, at the seat of government, uh, the officials there. Uh, we've not been given any response and we've not been uh, given permission for an interview. When we do so we'll share that with you and of course if there's a statement issued by the jubilee house we we'll share that with you this is eyewitness news on 97.3 ctf and when we come back we'll talk about the government's debt restructuring uh, program or exchange program which appears to be having some more challenges than solutions don't worry
0: eyewitness news be there as it happens
2: Welcome back. Now let's do some other stories. Some int- individual bondholders are set to challenge government's decision to include them in its domestic debt exchange program. Government in December last year announced a domestic debt exchange program in a bid to mitigate an economic crisis as part of the $3 billion Dollars loan package being sought from the International Monetary Fund, IMF, after exempting individual bondholders, government subsequently announced that individual bondholders won't now be invited to participate in the program despite being exempted initially. Lawyer for these individuals, Martin Pebu, tells City News government must find alternative ways to deal with its issues.
5: I tell you, Anybody who tells you that we need this 8 billion to be able to get the support from the IMF is lying to you. That would be a bare faced lie. Let me repeat. Now having understood the terms on the ground, anybody who makes an argument that you need these individual bondholders whose money together, the total value is about 8 billion, you need them to do the next the debt exchange, to be able to help the government get a deal with the IMF is lying to you. It's not true. This is not at all. Go to the budget, and then I will explain to you. Look, in the budget, this year, we have budgeted to spend about $143 from our internally generated tax revenue, aids, and then grants. Let's repeat. Oh, it's no joke. Hundred and forty three billion. That's what we project to raise from our own revenue. Revenue, our domestic tax, etc. Then it's and grant. And then the borrowings will add up. So when we add the borrowing, or we intend to spend about 205 billion. Good. Now, so let's the borrowing and those ones, let's leave that out and come to what is constant for us. When I say what is constant, last year. If you look at the budget statement for real read last year we raised about $65 billion, right? Yes. And this year is going to go up because we've increased VAT, and then we've reduced uh, E-Levy. So hopefully more people will use E-Levy, and then their revenues will increase. So you see it. And then, Ms. Ajman, even before we go there, let's even come, there was a, a part I should have started from. Now, look at this. ESLA. ESLA Energy Sector Levies, right? ESLA bonds is one of the eligible bonds. Now, the ESLA bonds, what happens is that we issue those bonds so that against a certain constant stream of income, every liter of petrol you buy, the fuels, there's an ESLA levy in it. So it's a constant stream of income that's coming in. So ask government. Today you bought fuel in your car. You paid the ESLA levy. I have paid. And so for everybody who is bought fuel today. Tomorrow you buy the same. So there's that income coming. So if I've bought an SLA bond and every day money is accruing, how can you say you don't have money? So then we go do. to that chain. that's get fund. 2.5, get fund. That would be adding to VAT. They get fund like 2.5. It's also a constant stream of income. Then there's the debt servicing account. Ask the finance minister, debt servicing account, there is money in it, hundreds of millions of Ghana.
1: Your point essentially is that there is money to pay these people. Oh, absolutely. So I'm
5: telling you that if anybody ever tells you again that you need this 8 billion in order to get an IMF bailout, I'm telling you that it's a barefaced lie.
1: But have you considered the point that it is not just about not having money, but what to use that money for? And the government is saying that after the debt sustainability analysis with the IMF, our debt portfolio is too high to the extent that we need a certain level of debt restructuring to be able to rechannel monies into other productive sectors. Reason some of the people the government owe will have to bear with the government to be able to produce in other areas. And when we get to a certain point, you repay those loans. Have you looked at that part of the argument?
5: Absolutely, I've looked at it and it doesn't cut, Master. It doesn't cut, Master. We've had six years. Look, what did the president say? He said when he came into office, just 18 months, he would change the Gajusberg economy, and he's been at it, Kukuasa, kukwasa, sir. So he didn't do anything. It's now that he's going to change. Please, sorry, sorry.
1: But, 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 but even if you
5: if if we agree
1: that they have if if we agree that they have not changed, but I think that this is a matter of fact that should be considered. That even if you have the money, mm-hmm. the that money shouldn't be used for the payment of debt asset now. At least considering our situation, and this is one that at least to a large extent the IMF agrees with.
5: Not at all. That's not I don't understand the IMF to be saying that. When you read the budget, twenty twenty three budget, the finance minister said the budget is to reset the economy. And resetting the economy on seven pillars, seven. When you check the budget statement, one of them, I'm very interested in this one, that they want to protect the poor and vulnerable. Protecting the poor and vulnerable is one of the seven pillars in resetting the economy. They are going to increase payment to leap leap beneficiaries, people who are poor and the rest. So if a, a student has put his money in bonds, He's expecting to take interest and pay school fees, pay his uh, get uh, lecture notes, those things, right? You say you will not pay him. You are taking that money. You are going to double leap. uh, This the money paid to leap beneficiaries. It's in the budget and all that. How? How can you rob Peter to pay Paul? How can you rob Peter to pay Paul? That's not acceptable. But one of
1: the pillars is also to ensure that debt sustainability.
5: Yes. Yes, and so, if you do that, it means that you must look at it holistically. No rational analysis will lead you to a conclusion that take money from your citizens. Don't forget, we are just coming on the back of the suffering we suffered in 2022. Businesses have collapsed. Businesses have collapsed. People have died. People are not able to buy medicines and all that. And then 2023, you want to do this again. Why? They have a double slap.
2: Martin Pebui is lawyer for some individual bondholders who are challenging government's decision to include them in its domestic debt exchange program. In that interview with City News' Hansen Adjuman. Away from that, one person has been reportedly shot dead at Boma in the Tano North Municipality of the Ahafo region following a chieftain's dispute in the community. Several others sustained injuries and are receiving treatment at various health facilities. There is heavy military presence in the community as the Ahafo Regional Security Council is currently in an emergency meeting. A youth leader in Boma, Isaac ajay in an interview city
9: news called for calm we had an unfortunate incident of uh, one of the youth who been gunned down uh, as a result of what is going on and the crux of what's going on is that the the Hene is trying to install a chief in Boma, and this has led to all this without going to the nitty-gritty um It is painful and pathetic at this time to to, to see what has happened. So we appeal to the youth that they should let calm prevail. You know, there are laws in Ghana, and uh, we we, we don't want anybody to take the law into their own hands and then do what they they don't have to do. Um, I know the security presence is huge, and so we thought that uh, everything was under control. so it was it was sad for us to have heard what happened. And if you want to also try to retaliate, it is going to bring chaos. So for now, what I can say to the youth, is that, yes, calm, calm. We should allow calm to prevail, allow the police and the security personnel around to do their own work. And I know that in the course of time, the laws or the law of Ghana will take its own course.
2: Isaac Ajebwatin is leader of Patriotic Youth of Boma in the Ahafo region. Now, a youth group in the Upper East region is calling on security agencies to beef up surveillance along the Waliwali stretch of the Trans-Equas Highway in the Northeast region to avert further attacks and killings. According to the group... Attacks on travellers have on three occasions led to the death of one and five badly injured. Addressing the press conference in Boku, spokesperson for the group, Aruk Mohamed Isaku called on the security agencies to ensure the safety of passengers.
5: We applaud them for their tireless
6: effort, their sleepless night they do, in ensuring that there is peace. In fact, they are looking for lasting peace in Boku. We applaud them for that. But for this recent happenings, we got disappointed in the security in the Waluwale when they told us that the thing was robbery, when it wasn't robbery. Because we know that when robbers are stopping a car and the car failed to stop, they target at the tide. They don't target at the, the windscreen. But this car, no car was targeted. They broke all the windscreens. We still rely on them to ensure that the route becomes safe for every passerby. Because innocent lives are being lost. they good to wake up because a security man couldn't board a car and could be, mistakenly be, be be shot on.
5: So we appeal to the security agencies, those in Boku, those over there, to bring them to Boku.
2: Aruk Mohamed Isaku is spokesperson for a youth group in the Upper East region. Moving on, a former energy minister and flag bearer hopeful of the new patriotic party. Wachi Ejako has cautioned the party hierarchy to be circumspect in selecting dates for its primaries. He believes any error in getting the dates right may cost the party in the 2024 elections. This follows a statement by the party hierarchy debunking report that November 2023 have been selected as date for presidential primaries. But in an article, Bwache noted that the party ought to eschew any practice that will disadvantage any candidate. Here is Mr. Bwache Jaco in an exclusive interview with City News' Hansen Ajiman on reasons for the caution.
0: If we, in our wisdom and good judgment, could fix a date for a national election so that... This confusion about electoral commissioner setting date to advantage or perceived advantage or disadvantage of one or the other. Why can't we say that MPP, these are our specific dates for electing our officers from polling station, electoral areas, constituency, regional, national, parliamentary, presidential? Why can't we do say that we agitated for the nation? You,
1: you will be an interested party in the presidential primaries, particularly. Is, yes. there, is there any date in mind that you think will be beneficial to all?
0: I don't think there is. Look, if you are entering a race, prepare yourself. If they say tomorrow, be ready. If they say December, Six, be ready. It is, right now, it is our constitution that determines that power is put in the hands of our national council. So, I look up to the national council, and it shouldn't be whether it is that we shouldn't think about what favors an individual. No! We should think about our circumstances and what will be good for us collectively. In this world, when we make choices, some will gain, some will lose. That is the nature of decision making. Right? So it is it it doesn't it doesn't rest with me or lay in my province to think of oh this date is beneficial. No, whenever National Council says ready, we, we go ready
1: finally uh, so so, uh, this is to suggest that for your team you are ready for any date that will be selected by the national council
0: Look, once you decide to enter a contest you prepare yourself if you decide to enter a, a contest and you are hoping that a date a preferential date beneficial to you will be will be set or that you can manipulate a preferential date beneficial to you. Then you are not a serious contestant. You don't understand the essence of a contest. It does not lie in the province of anybody who is a contestant to set the date and time of contest. It is set by a regulatory body. And you as a contestant accept or must what the regulatory body puts forth as the program and then you 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 join if you feel that look the date given doesn't suit you you drop out
2: of the contest that was the NPP flag bearer hopeful Boachi Ejako in an interview with City News' Hansen Ajiman. Still on the NPP, the national executive body of the party has called on the member of parliament for Bibieni Amyasu Bekwai in the Western North region, Alfred Oben Boatin, to suspend plans to lead a demonstration against the municipal assembly. According to the NPP constituency chairman for the area, the MP threatened to remove the names of party executives from the album if they refused to come out to protest. Speaking to City News, the constituency chairman Kwame Asamwa said the intervention of the party's national executive body has restored calm in the party.
3: The General Secretary called off the demonstration. I can assure you that he raised the voice and then the people are not willing to turn to any demonstration against the party. Uh, and they using uh, his position as a member of parliament to uh, put pressure on them that if they don't come out to the, the demonstration, he would take off their name from the party registration album. But this time around, uh, all the polling station executives are resolute that they will not allow any intimidation against their party. Uh we are on course and then the consequences very calm.
2: Kwame Asamoah is the NPP constituency chairman for Bibini and bekwai in the north west north region rather.
7: is a delightfully delicious option whenever and wherever the occasion calls for milk. For your quick meals on the go or quality time at the dining table, jazz up your favorite Gary Soakings, mashed Kinky, cereals and all hot and cold beverages with a creamy, protein-rich healthy option of milk. Creamy Plus Evaporated Milk with Vegetable Fat is all you need to stay on the go. Creamy Plus Evaporated Milk is now available in a shop near you. For bulk
4: purchases, please contact less Farm Distributed at Medina Ritz Junction on 501 682 or Grace has found us at a Coco photo dance someone on 0245-162-747. Creamy,
7: Creamy plus evaporated milk. This message has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Get the, the details. details. Every
8: significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed.
2: Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, brought to you by First National Bank, and powered by CityBusinessNews.com. My name is Nashika Caesar. Let's settle for the details. An economist, Dr. Patrick Isumin, says that it is crucial for government to fast-track the debt exchange program, as further delays would be detrimental to the economy. The International Monetary Fund (IMF) agreed to a three billion dollar bailout to Ghana. Together, the country's debt under control and restore financial stability. The Bank of Ghana is expected to hold its first Monetary Policy Committee meeting for 2023 from January 24 to Friday, January 27 to discuss Ghana's high inflation rate which stands at over 50%. Speaking to City Business News, Dr. Isumin said the debt exchange program must be finalized on time because further delays could spell doom for the local currency.
10: It is important to understand that the city's recent recovery is not necessarily due to any uh, substantive uh, policy change that the government has done. It's because we announced that we are going to the IMF and it appears that we are making progress and then some of the sentiments that were running against the city turned around. but. In terms of what the government can do, the shorter term things, we have to make sure that the debt exchange discussion is concluded soon and there are no uh, delays. And uh, we will be able to get the approval for from the IMF board so that we can start the program. Once we start the program and we are making good progress, we see that the city should you know, avoid massive depreciation. But don't forget that. Usually in the first quarter, the city is under pressure. So, even with these things, we could still see the city being under pressure. So, in the short term, that's pretty much making sure that we do, we complete the negotiations on the debt exchange, and then we get the IMF deal finally approved, and then we get going. That will help in the the city to continue its recent uh, stability.
2: That was Dr. Patrick Isumin, who is an economist. Now, the Ghana Hotels Association is urging the government to be intentional about stabilizing the economy to help grow the hospitality industry. The local currency has since December experienced some steadiness after sharply depreciation and selling at about 16 Ghana cities to a dollar. Speaking to City Business News, President of the Association, Dr. Edward Akanyamike, believes that ensuring the city remains stable against a dollar will, among others, Ensure that the gains made by hoteliers during the Yuletide is sustained throughout the year.
10: We are hoping that the gains made by the appreciation of the city, which in itself is not very stable now. And then also the the lowering of the fuel prices will begin to have a positive impact on prices because as we speak, we still are having to deal with some uh, high cost of the things that we use. So we are hoping that uh, with January in here and with some of... The traders, looking at the figures that they are dealing with, they'll be able to reduce the prices for us. Because so far, it's still at the level that uh, we're complaining about. So until those begin to play in, that's where we'll begin to see the positive impact. Now, so we will just plead that uh, whatever the government is doing to to stabilize the economy with regards to the inflation, with regards to the fuel prices, and then also the exchange rate, we'll, we, they will continue to do that uh, so that we'll have some stability in the uh, business environment
2: that was the president of the ghana hotels association dr edward akanyamike now the liquefied petroleum gas lpg marketed association of ghana have stated that the prices of lpg will be reduced if the city gains strength against the u.s dollar the cost of petrol and diesel went down by about eight percent of the pumps beginning of last week However, that of LPG remained the same despite the commodity falling on the world market and also the Ghana city improving against the US dollar. Speaking to City Business News, the vice president of the Liquefied Petroleum Gas Marketers Association of Ghana, Gabriel Kumi assured that consumers he assured consumers that they will buy LPG at cheaper rates if the local currency performs well against all the major trading currencies.
11: When you visit the pump, we expect that you should be buying your LPG at between uh, 12 to 12.5 Ghana cities per kilo. From the 15, 15.5 Ghana cities we used to buy, uh, we've been buying over the past uh, two weeks or one month. So we expect that to reflect from the pump. Uh, the pump. If you go to, if, cons- if you're a consumer, you go to any pump and it's still being sold at the 15, 14 cities, have the courage to question that the prices must come down and uh, we want to use this to appeal to all our members and to as a matter of agency things are tough consumers are really having having a tough purchasing in the OPG we appeal to all our members across the country to ensure that this price reduction reflects in the pump immediately because if it were to be an increase I think by, by, by now, all of us would have, would have, would have, would have increased it. So, once there is a reduction, uh, what is good for the geese is good for the gander as well.
2: Gabor Kumi is the Vice President of the Liquefied Petroleum Marketers Association of Ghana. Finally, the Women Economic Forum, WEF Ghana, is calling for more efforts at empowering women economically in the country. This, the forum believes, will help women actively contribute to Ghana's development. Speaking to the media on the sidelines of her appointment as the new President of Women Economic Forum, Elsie Appow called on government and civil society to make the conscious effort at promoting women economic empowerment agenda to ensure a self-sustaining country.
7: The future belongs to women, particularly women in enterprise. We've talked a very long time about women empowerment, women's social, legal, social, cultural empowerment, but not so much focus has been placed over the years on the economic empowerment of women. So I see this call as a major one to duty, and I'm looking forward to working with women entrepreneurs across the country. We cannot depend on other economies to feed ourselves. We are focusing mainly and ma- majorly on agri businesses. We are focusing on women in manufacturing, we are focusing on women providing essential services. Ghana belongs to Ghanaians, and Ghanaian women must play significant roles in the development and sustainability of Ghana's development. I'm excited that I use this opportunity to invite women, entrepreneurs all over the country to join the, the movement, the Women Economic Forum, which has several affiliations over the world.
2: That was the president of the Women Economic Forum Ghana, LC APAO. And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News, which was powered by citybusinessnews.com and sponsored by First National Bank. My name is Nashika Siza. Up next is Point Blank
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
1: This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. My name is Umaru Sanda-Amado. Tonight on Point Blank, we're talking about the issues that are happening on the University of Ghana. The challenges with accommodation and the resistance from students or old students of Commonwealth Hall and Mensa Sabah Hall. The university authorities had given a directive, the students will not listen. Tonight we'll try and analyse that for you and ask why there can't be a decision on this matter. Andy Aquitia is a former presiding member of Commonwealth Hall. He's joining in studio. Andy, you welcome to Iwitness News. Thank you. We're also expecting a rep from the Sabah Hall, Mr. Sabah Hall that is. Uh, these two halls have been rivals and we recall the clash last year that resulted in the stealing of the bust of mensa sabah which is still not been found you're welcome now w- walk us through the university's directives to your genius and be your will genius of course no more in school yeah and why you have decided to jump in and not let the students deal with their matters okay thank you Uma. Uma, uh, the issue at stake is not about um
6: what happened when as in clashes or whatever you call it nowadays. The issue is about accommodation. 20 years ago when I went to school, the issue of accommodation problems were there. So then it's obvious that there are accommodation problems. So the problem is that why can't we try fixing the accommodation problem for the students for the past 20 years? I'm sure we go to school for them to teach us how to solve problems in various institutions. So if we have a problem of accommodation, why can't we fix it? That is the basic problem. Mm -hmm. And that is why we we are saying that that problem needs to be solved and that is all because if the students if there is accommodation what prevents us from having so much accommodation or rooms available that uh, the university admits students and then there will still be spare rooms for people to stay in
1: what is the deficit now the the hostel accommodation deficit on campus do you know I,
6: i will not be able to give you the exact figures but Granted, if uh, uh, what they are they are saying around is anything to go by, if you are only admitting first year students into the halls and then the continuing students, you are just giving a few of them the accommodation. Then it tells us that we have accommodation uh, problems in mm-hmm. the excess of about forty, fifty percent of the total students on University of Ghana.
1: So the current policy before um, October was what every student who comes in and goes into a hall, same as Sabah or Sabah Commonwealth. Stays for the four years. Is that what it used to be? So it is
6: the in, and then you, you request for it. If there is accommodation available, they give some to the first-year students, okay. and then the rest is shared for the other students. Mm-hmm. Preference being for fourth-year students who are
1: about completing. Okay. Then it comes down to third and second. So it used to be so in, like that. out, out, and in. For mm, More or less, So yes. first-years and fourth-years are generally on campus. Most of the time, yes. So That's level 200 time. and 300 are made to stay outside. Not even stay out, but the issue is that because they,
6: most of the time the rooms, the number of beds are more. You still get some of them mm-hmm. who get the opportunity of
1: staying in the hall. What are the alternative accommodations? Um, are there private hostels? Or A what? lot of private hostels. So the school is saying that the traditional accommodation, that's what it controls. Mm-hmm. It will only make first-years and fourth-year students be there. Mm-hmm. Now, it means that 200 and 300, if you don't get to be in the traditional house, you go to any of the other ones. That was the, the old so yeah. which ones are these ones, the ones that you could go to as a private place?
6: There are a lot of hostels spring around the whole of the University of Ghana. On the campus? No, outside campus. On campus, they have a few ones. The Ivandis and all those. Bunny's those and all ones, those are ones are private. They are all private uh, universities. They they have a name the, the, for them, and I think under uh, uh, University of Ghana. Is, it ex- a, is that the UGL? Like that. Yes.
1: What about the, is it ISH, they call it, the international the student. International Do, those are other hotels
6: those are all um I, i'll call it residential facilities that are on campus but all these are not
1: giving us the numbers that we are looking for okay now my, my my confusion is why is saba and commonwealth the two halls being talked about in this issue is it because of the recent clash or because the school wants to maintain the traditional halls in a certain manner and if that's the case then you are not the only two traditional halls okay so then the policy is about Sabah and Commonwealth The the policy
6: that has come out there. It's not very, for traditional halls. No, it's not for all traditional halls. They are saying that the male students for Sabah
3: mm-hmm.
6: would stay out and then Commonwealth they are going to have only really first-year students in there. The issue is this. Um, we feel that the university should run with... They have their own uh, policies that they run the university with. Okay. And then the invest even the accreditation board, they are not going to give you the accreditation if you are not running the, the university with students. So the students are part of the, the uh, process, the, every process that you do. The students are supposed to be part of it. The issue is that the university went for residential board meeting, a residential whatever meeting, when they went there, Commonwealth was not represented. And Commonwealth was supposed to be represented. And then at, at the end of the day, you come out with a policy that is affecting Commonwealth directly. That aside, uh, Umaru, the issue is that the, the students... Are supposed to, for instance, a child comes from Wali and comes in as a first year student. Then you're giving that, that child accommodation for first year. There is nobody there to guide the child throughout the the stay in the first year when you come to, you go to anywhere the first year you don't know anything you are you are guided by somebody and that is where you meet people you start your networking and, and all those things and then the issue about the universities giving even people internship letters to go out there to go and study in various institutions shows that you want the children the, the new students or the students on campus to learn the traditions of various institutions mm-hmm. so then why are you saying that you are going to put first years into one uh, hall without uh, uh, anybody for them to look up to. Are there no hall executives who run these halls? As, what they are talking about now is that it's only first year students that are going to be there. And as we speak now, the hall executive will all be suspended. And that is another yeah, matter. Yeah, but that's a different yes. issue. But I'm just saying But that, what we are saying is that mm-hmm. they are saying that with the first years coming in, there will be no hall executives. Because you can only be a hall executive when you are in the third year. Mm-hmm. So now, it's only first-year students that are coming in. Are we going to say that we are now... But fourth-year students will be there too. No, the policy is saying that only first-year students are going to come into the hall.
1: But they have also said that fourth can No, fourth-year students are not coming. For both Sabah and Commonwealth. For both Sabah and Commonwealth. But for Sabah, you are saying that no male is even going to even be in the first year. Is that the case? No,
6: the male students, the first-year student males are supposed to be in the hall, in Sabah. For Sabah. For for, for Sabah, yeah. Yeah. But for Commonwealth, that's where my my problem is. Commonwealth, they are taking only first-year
1: students and then uh, first-year graduate students. All right. Does it mean then that they will be having more first-year students in your place? Because a place that used to occupy, uh, take two levels, is now going to take only one. Which means they could bring students from other halls to come and be in Commonwealth. All are first-year students. So basically what is going to happen is that every
6: student that goes on in there is going to be a common student okay first year Mm -hmm. so that one they will take more yeah definitely
1: why do you have to be there to give them tutelage they are the university has structures if i mean the suspension of the executive notwithstanding there could have been executives that will give them the tutelage the guidance that they need what about the other idea that if you stayed around and taught them, you teach them quote and unquote, wayward ways. Then that means the university is teaching us wayward ways.
6: Is that what you are saying?
1: The university didn't ask you to go and clash with Sabah Hall. But, but who
6: said that we clashed with Sabah Hall? Has the university been able to prove that one common student was part of the clash that happened there? That issue happened in August. And as we speak now, the report has not been out. Meanwhile, you are going about taking all decisions who said that the commonwealth students were there? Moreover, the thing did not happen on the... investor. Uh, it didn't happen in commonwealth. Though. It happened on the investor of Ghana campus. And on the investor of Ghana campus, the only person you can hold responsible is the dean of students. So why why, why are you on commonwealth? The, all we are seeing is that the, it's a deliberate attempt to break student activism. And that is not the way to go. There, there have been so many ways that this has happened in the previous years. And I'm surprised that this time around, it is so funny because every step of the way, you go around it and then you are making mistakes and you are still doing it.
1: Why do you think you are being targeted, and I'm referring to Commonwealth Hall, if you haven't done what you've been accused of, if you are innocent as no, why have you been mentioned in this? Why is it not just Sabbath? The issue, the issue is
6: not about um, why have you been mentioned. The issue is about the killing of student activism. And activism starts from Commonwealth Hall. It is from Commonwealth that nooks came out. Everything that goes on about students' activism starts from Commonwealth So then let us break that front. If we break that front, we have the the students at our back end. What's the interest of the school in doing that? Oh, Omar, if they want to push any policy, they can just go ahead and push it. Because nobody's going to stand up against them. So they want the students to be docile. Exactly. And you want to radicalize the students. No, we are not radicalizing them.
1: That's the opposite.
6: No, we are not radicalizing them. The students have the rights to uh, to everything, right? To as you speak now, they don't have even the rights to meet.
1: Yeah, I'm going to ask you about that. But so right now, you want level 200s to be there, or 300s, or 400s? What we are are saying is that just like we
6: want the accommodation problem to be solved. Listen, come on through identifying that there was a problem there. The investor of Ghana has a problem with accommodation. Went off our own way to get investors to build hostels for us. So the investor is refusing to allow us to do it. After a shortcut by the former VC and all that, now the investor is saying that they are not going to allow us to, to build the, the hostel. And the reason is? A, a lot of
1: flimsy excuses. Was it your your group, the common holder, that was going to take the money from the students, or it was going to go to the university office? For th- those details had been ironed out with the
6: university because it's an investor that is coming in, and there's a policy that they they have a policy that they use to do it. But the problem is that why is it that when it's the turn of common hall to, to do this, you are saying no? Did like, other
1: halls do it? Yes, yeah, Sabah,
6: for instance, I'm sure they have some, a host a hostel around the place. I don't know if it is the same arrangements arrangement that we have, but I know there, there's there have been some hostels that have been built. Uh recently I've seen Equafour Two has additional hostels that have been built. So why can't Commonwealth have seen? What happened to the whole executives? It is uh, I, I read from the communicator went out that they, they said the whole executives were against the policy of the uh the university council or university management. But for me I feel that Preventing people from meeting, as in everybody has a right to association, so why are you preventing them from meeting? Yes, but then if you have come up with all these things, have you given the guys the opportunity to also come up with some of the reasons why
1: they were here? The statement said they were heard, they, they deceived the board, they the, did the, not show remorse. The question before is, before they even, they even doctored some that, of that the
6: particular uh, communicator that has come out, I want to find out when does that start? When, when is the implementation date? I wish you could get that date from. Uh, whoever, wh- whoever is I in think university.
1: the statement says they, they are not going to be around for three academic years. Yeah, so when does it start? It could start now if that's what is happening. But do you know that it has started already? Well, but they are currently students and they've they, been suspended, so there are no more students. They, they, they have been suspended. Students.
6: They were even suspended before that communique came out.
1: But they were taken through the due process. They were they were invited to the board and they gave answers, which answers were found to be, not satisfactory. That's what they. That is what they said. That is one side for now. And i'm sure that in ghana if you want anything to
6: be heard you can go to the law courts and i'm sure that we are working around those angles too definitely
1: so their crime was that they held a meeting or sanctioned a meeting or watched for a meeting to happen per the communicate all right i've just been my attention has just been drawn to the fact that when the clash happened the council recommended the removal of the commonwealth master and the senior tutor so when you say that nothing has been done no report is out There is no report out, but at least they've taken an action based on that.
6: But how do you take an action when there is no report? Moreover, that you claim there are two halls that had a clash, and then you had a clash on the University of Ghana campus, Mm -hmm. not in Commonwealth Hall, but on the University of Ghana campus. Mm -hmm. So then, if you had it on the University of Ghana campus, the University of Ghana campus, every student on campus is under the dean of students. So why didn't you take off the University of Ghana, the Commonwealth Hall master and the senior tutor, leaving the Sabah? almost saying a senior tutor and then leaving the dean of students
1: you feel you are being done in you think that commonwealth has not been treated fairly
6: yes yes with all that is going on you can see that commonwealth is not being treated fairly
1: what what have been the level of discussions and negotiations with the university authorities since this issue of the in out 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 came out (sighs)
6: the the the, that's what i'm saying that we were not even invited
1: to the meeting that that decision was taken yeah afterwards When the announcement was made, did you have any level of engagement? Have you been invited for any... The the one who is going to even lead us has been suspended. Do you not have a group known as former Commonwealth students and you are recognized by the university where you can have discussions with them? Yeah, old Vandals are recognized by the university. And have you made an attempt as an old Vandals group to meet with the university? Have they said anything?
6: I, I... I know that there was a meeting, but the outcome of the meeting, I am sure that if there was an amicable uh, agreement at that meeting, we wouldn't have gotten to where we
1: are now. Okay. Why are you the outsiders, the ones who are making the calls that you are making and not the ones who are inside, on campus? If they didn't like the idea, demonstrations are sometimes spontaneous. We could have seen some spontaneous demonstrations, and this would have continued until the university backtracked. We have not seen that. It means that you possibly are crying more than the bereaved. No.
6: As we speak, I think that the... I am aware that some students have already taken the issue to court.
1: Yes, there's, yes. Uh, there's, a, there's yes, a direction. I mean yes, mm-hmm.
6: so it is, it is not the case that we are not in favor of what is going on. Uh, we have f- crime more than the bereaved. No. We are we are stakeholders of the university as well. As an alumni, we are stakeholders of the university. And we think that whatever Commonwealth has, that has churned out all the big people in this country, we don't have to leave those ones out. So how do you how do you get... These, these things, just a, a whole culture just being ended like that. Who are we then going to churn out now? How do we get it resolved? The, the issue is about the, the university is intentionally trying to just, uh, uh, I don't want to say collapse, because they can't. They can't collapse Comorato, but they are trying to shut Commonwealth up. And that's what will not happen.
1: Let me speak to Kweku He his relations officer for the Old Vandals alumni. He's also joined us on the line. Okay, I, I was thinking that I would have someone from the from Saba. Uh, Mr. Bwedu, you're welcome to our witness news.
5: Thank you very much.
1: I was just asking your colleague in studio here, Andy Akwitia, is in studio with me um, about relationships and engagements that have been had with the university since this announcement came. He said there was a meeting. I'm not sure he was in that meeting, but do you know the level of engagement in the university authorities? Are they adamant or are they listening to you? Have you found common ground yet?
9: Thank you very much. Um, Greetings to Andy in your studio. Just to quickly correct, um, I am a former alumni relations officer for the Old Band Association. To respond to your issue, I think what we have seen is nothing new. The University of Ghana has consistently, precedent after precedent, shown that it is quite retrogressive when it comes to issues of student organization, issues of student leadership, and that it fails to see the critical connection between student organizations and leadership and national leadership. But I think that point is very, very critical. Each time a crisis or an issue pops up on the student front, the attitude of the investing management is as if they are headmasters of a junior secondary school. They simply go into attack mode, vilify, and try to be as retrogressive as possible in finding a solution. First of all, the issues that happen on the investing campus in relation to commercial are nothing new. Everywhere in Ghanaian society, and indeed in non-human societies, conflicts do come up here and there. You media people are very much aware that even political parties who are the forefront, the vanguard of our democratic experimentation process, are constantly getting into conflict, constantly getting into violent situations and so on. The process for resolving it is number one, establishing through evidence and investigation those that are culpable, and number two, applying the appropriate sanctions. That is all. The university has never done this before. So... You know, on, on, on the surface of it, we see what is clearly an abuse of the public administrative for invested in the university. They are have hazard' they've been ridiculous, and they just their behavior has fallen short of the standards that is expected of the investment management. You go ahead to apply sanctions, you go ahead to take easy decisions. We you have not established that the people that are culpable for the offenses are effective for moving commoto students or investment of Ghana students. And we have seen this over the years, and one would have expected that they would have learned from experience, and that they would have learned from some of their mistakes, and that we don't have to go through these things anymore. Now, you speak of conflict, and you speak of violence. First of all, the investor of Ghana has never, as far as I'm concerned, they should quite all of of if we are wrong, but as far as I'm concerned, they have never engaged the important stakeholders, whether it's the students themselves, the student leadership, they are alumni associations. They have never engaged anybody in finding a lasting solution to what some of these occasional and that come up every now and then. What it calls for is an attitude of leadership. What it calls for is an attitude of progressive thinking. Even on the campuses of world class universities such as the Oxford and so on, there are traditions and there are behaviors and there are conducts that sometimes can be unbecoming of what is required in a a civilized society. What we need is to find scientific solutions to these things. What really is that the importance of it? Each time an issue pops up, we have the university seeking to, you know, restructure holes, seeking to abuse rights, seeking to single out students' leaders and mesmerize them. And all that is, 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 is quite frankly, you know, in in very what it is. So I am not aware of any truly progressive steps that have been taken by the school. Mm. We've only heard speaker for the university abusing members of the, of the OVE. We've only heard speaker for the university attacking the credibility of members of the OVE, calling them old men who are attached to sentimental nonsense. Now, that is completely ridiculous. So I am not aware of any progressive steps that have been taken by the university okay. to
1: address this issue
9: or any of the issues that are that are surrounding the market that have cropped up over the last couple of months.
1: Th- thank you. That's Koko Boedu, his um, stellar relations, is it, or public relations officer um, of the old Vandal's alumni. Let me conclude with Andy in studio, Andy. So there's a legal route which has <laughs> been followed by a group of students, a group that <laughs> thinks that it should be a demonstration. The university, though, has taken his decision. What's the way forward in 30 seconds?
6: For as we think that the university the has taken a decision, but we are ruled with laws in this country. And if you have taken a decision and it's wrong, you have to revert it, and that is what we are looking out
1: for. So you would be going more the court way, or you're going to go the radical way? Which one are you going to do? We are,
6: we are, we, all we want is that the decision is changed. But so for what?
1: now, admissions have been done. They have to do registration and all of that. The continuing students, what's their fate now? Have they moved out of the halls?
6: As of now, what we are saying is that all we know is that there is a court injunction on whatever is going on. So the status quo remains? Yes. So we know that we are going to make sure that the right thing is done.
1: Very well. Thank you. Andy Akwitya is former presiding member of the Commonwealth Hall at the University of Ghana. That's how we end today's edition of Eyewitness News. My name is Sumaru Sander Amadou. Production by Beverly London with technical support from Daniel Squashi. We'll be back tomorrow at 17.30 GMT. Thank you for listening and good night. <laughs>
0: city news we speak first reach our hotline on 0302-224959 and get interactive on facebook city 97.3 fm and on twitter at city973